Welcome to Clinical Nutrition Notes, a podcast where we speak with guest experts and opinion leaders about the art and science of clinical nutrition, brought to you by Nestle Health Science Canada. This podcast is intended for healthcare professionals for educational purposes. I'm your host, Cindy Steele, Medical Affairs Manager with Nestle Health Science. Today we'll be speaking with Claire Correa to get an understanding of the growing interest and some might say a shift in practice to incorporate more food-based solutions in the nutritional management of individuals requiring nutrition support. Claire Correa is a registered dietitian and a certified nutrition support clinician who has been working since 2005 at the Vancouver General Hospital. Claire focuses on the care of tube-fed adult patients and has a special interest in the use of blended food for tube feeding both in the acute care setting and at home. Claire has published and presented on this topic and has developed blenderized tube feeding resources for her health authority to support patients and families. Thank you for joining us, Claire. To set the stage, can you briefly describe the clinical setting where you work? Yes, I work with acutely ill and critically ill patients at Vancouver General Hospital, and I have a private practice where I focus on the care of home tube-fed clients with an interest in blenderized tube feeding. Okay, thanks for that. And to get us started, when you say blenderized tube feeding or food-based tube feeding, can you briefly explain what are we really talking about? So blenderized tube feeding is usually defined as food and fluids that have been blended as needed for consumption through a feeding tube. And that could include um, food in any amount. So it could involve taking some fresh food and mixing it in with a standard commercial product, or it could include um, commercial food-based products or it could entail a diet that's made up 100% of homemade blended food. Okay, thank you. So as a clinician, tell us what you're witnessing or experiencing with respect to patients and caregivers and their attitudes towards these food-based or blenderized tube feedings. So I've definitely noticed a growing interest in the use of um, blenderized tube feeding or patients who are more interested in natural options. Um, So they're definitely wanting whole food choices and They're looking at ingredient panels, um, whereas I would say about five years ago, I would never have patients say, I've looked at the ingredients and I want something different when they're looking at commercial products. Um, So yes, I would say that there definitely is a trend towards more natural choices, um, more appealing ingredient panels, and um, yeah, definitely more care about what goes into their diets. And would you say it's the same or different when it comes to the attitudes or beliefs of dietitians and other healthcare professionals? I guess this is what your research was focused on, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. So I was interested in seeing what do dietitians feel when it comes to the use of homemade blended food um, for tube feeding. And what my study showed was that dietitians are very supportive of the use of blended food for tube feeding, but there is some hesitation because um, generally most dietitians haven't had education on the topic or, or really any experience. Um, but I do feel like clinicians are open to, the, to blenderized tube feeding as an option for tube-fed patients. It's just a matter of having the resources and the time and experience to be able to best support those patients who make the choice for blended food. Yeah, for a while we were um, you know, really not, not uh, condoning or not uh, recommending the practice for a while, but uh, it's nice to see a shift. So do you proactively suggest food-based tube feeding options or do you typically wait until patients or families or caregivers ask you about it? When I'm aware of a patient needing long-term tube feeding or home tube feeding, I always bring up um, the, the choice of blenderized tube feeding. So what I present my patients with is really three choices. They can do, use standard commercial products, they could use um, commercial food-based products, or they could b- make their own um, homemade blended food for tube feeding, or they could use any combination of those, th- those three choices. 
So clinically speaking, are there times when homemade blenderized tube feedings wouldn't be appropriate for a patient? There could be situations where homemade blenderized tube feeding is inappropriate. Um, Those would generally be situations where a patient is acutely ill or critically ill, or perhaps their their medical condition necessitates a really concentrated tube feeding formula, like a two calorie per milliliter product, for example. You really can't mimic um, that calorie density with homemade blended food. Um, but generally in the home setting, you can usually go with, with blenderized tube feeding if it's because a patient at home would likely be much more well and stable and would, would probably be a good candidate, but every situation needs to be looked at individually. That makes sense. I'd like to talk about those individuals that are appropriate for homemade blenderized tube feeding. Do they usually adapt an all-or-none approach, or do you find patients and caregivers are open to using blenderized tube feeding when it works and other options when it doesn't? I find that mostly they're open to using other options um, for times where it's more convenient to do so or where they're tired or they're traveling or there could be many situations where if they're reliant 100% on homemade blended food, it just wouldn't be practical. So in my experience, most patients make the choice to you know, do homemade blended food when it works for them, but they will always, or they should always have some sort of a backup plan of having a commercial product on hand for those times where um, that's going to come in handy. I once heard another dietitian with experience in in in-home blenderized feeding say that for so many years she um, sort of swayed patients and families away from that that decision, but then when she learned more and started to listen to her patients and respect their requests a little bit more, she found that the um, that was reciprocated with the patients and they started to listen more and uh, respect what she was saying and, and be more open to her suggestions and guidance. Have you experienced sort of a similar mindset in your patients when you made that shift to sort of starting to promote the practice? Yeah, I think I have noticed exactly what, what you're saying that dietitian described, which is, yeah, once my patients know that I'm open to the option of, of blenderized or homemade blended food, um, they seem to be more open as far as sharing what they actually have been doing and in the home setting especially, um, whereas I think if they get the impression that you're opposed to blenderized tube feeding, they might just tell you that they're using a standard commercial product and not actually give you the the truth, which is that they're not really using those products and they're making their own blended food. So I think it's so important that you you approach patients with the right attitude and um, with an acceptance of what their choice is if they have chosen to use blenderized tube feeding. And yeah, if if they know that you're coming from, you know, the, you're on their side and as far as that decision, if you feel that they would benefit from maybe incorporating in some commercial product into their diet or maybe they're admitted to hospital and you feel that a commercial product would better support them in, in hospital, if they know that you are supportive in general of blenderized tube feeding, I have found that they are much more receptive to whatever my recommendation may be, even if it means a change back to commercial products. Yeah, again, that makes sense. And people are going to do what they're going to do, aren't they? But they, um, but that makes sense that, you know, once you're respectful of them, they're going to be more respectful of, of your choices as well. So then yeah. where would you tell a clinician that's new or just, you know, wanting to get started on um, recommending blenderized tube feeding, where would you recommend they go for resources? I think the, the, the best article that was recently written um, for clinicians was um, in the... I'm not sure the issue number, but it's um, written by Lisa Epp, who is a dietitian in the, U- in the U.S., and it's in Nutrition Issues and Practical Gastroenterology, and maybe we could link that article. 
um, because it's, it goes through a great review of all the evidence, which I think is important for clinicians who aren't as familiar with blenderized tube feeding. It, it lists supplies that would be needed for a patient who chooses to use homemade blended food for tube feeding, and it also gives some sample recipes for different calorie levels. So I definitely would recommend um, that particular article. Um, I also have a lot of resources at naturaltufeeding.com, which is um, the, the website for my private practice. So there's patient handouts, there's tested recipes, um, and there's the blog with lots of information. So that could be another source. I also really like um, Nestle's uh, page about com Complete, where there's recipes for taking Complete, the original Complete product, and adding in foods. Um, to, to sort of bring it up to more of a blenderized, homemade type of product. And I feel like those recipes could be used with other commercial products as well. Okay, thank you. So as we wrap up, or getting close to wrapping up, any other advice you have for dietitians or other healthcare professionals interested in helping their patients that are wanting to blenderize their own tube feeds? Yeah, my advice is to, you know, do your best to support your patients in that choice of choosing homemade blended food for tube feeding or blenderized tube feeding. Um, you do have the skills and ability to, to help support them. Um, all the research has shown that, you know, generally blenderized tube feeding is safe and effective for um, providing patients with appropriate nutrition. Um, the, the studies where a dietitian has been involved in the care of the patient as part of the study protocol, the patients have always done well. And I think that that's really important to note that if a dietitian is involved, the risk of nutritional inadequacy or food safety problems, that they're dramatically reduced. Um, so my advice would be to support your patients. Um, learn as you go if you have to. You can learn a lot from your patients. Um, but if you, if you are supportive, you, you will be rewarded. It's a, it's a great um, clinical addition to our practice. Yeah, it's, it's kind of exciting times, isn't it, that this, is, this practice is, is uh, taking off, I guess I'll say. So finally, um, so our, our listeners get to know you a little more. A question that we've asked all of our podcast guests is, can you tell us how you first became interested in the field of nutrition? Um, yeah, I was a, an athlete actually in track and fields, and I was initially interested in nutrition as far as how it could help my performance. Um, so I began studying it in university. And the more I studied it, the more I was fascinated by the science. And then I realized that I really wanted a career in nutrition. And eventually through experiencing clinical nutrition in my internship, I knew that a clinical setting to feeding parenteral nutrition was what I really loved. And luckily for me, I've made a career out of that. And we're glad you did. And on that note, I'd like to thank Claire Correa for joining us and for shedding some light on the growing interest and practice shift towards including real food in tube feeding routines. Thank you to all of our listeners. This concludes this episode of the Clinical Nutrition Notes podcast. To listen to more podcasts or to subscribe to Clinical Nutrition Notes, visit our website at nestlehealthscience.ca. For the Nestle Health Science podcast team, I'm Cindy Steele.